What's up? It's your boy Dapper Don Dez. You are now tuned into the Dapper Don Podcast. Uh, today we're going to talk about a few arrangements, few things in the culture that I've seen and I got to talk about. Usually we don't speak on current events or really about things in my personal life, but I just had to talk about this homeless man who pressed me about a week ago. And I just, I have been thinking about it ever since and seeing how uh, last episode y'all really seemed to enjoy me speaking on uh just my thoughts and stuff. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of give my hypothetical of well, I'm going to give you the scenario. You tell me if I was wrong or he was wrong. Uh, another one we're going to talk about, August Alcina and Jada Pinkett. We got to talk about that one. Did she meet to August Alcina? We got to talk about who's the victim. Is it possible for a woman to victimize a man? And then we're also going to talk about 50 Cent. Kind of uh, not necessarily dissing Mink Mills, but how, how what he said about Mink kind of is showing and telling of how he handles defeat towards we'll get into it just trust me, we'll get into it anyway so the first thing i want to talk to you about was this homeless man that pressed me like when i tell you okay so let me set the scene right i do i i, I deliver beer on uh as my day job right so it's hot and it's a very physical job it's outside it's usually I mean, you go from being in the hot sun into being into some cooler, right? And it's just back and forth all day. So not only is the temperature changing, it's stressful. It's a lot going on. So I'm walking out of one of these stores, and this is in the middle of the hood. I work in, like, the roughest side of the city. Guy sitting outside asked me, hey, hey, man, and I can already know what it is when somebody stops and walks up to you and starts talking to you. In this certain area, it ain't for small talk. They usually want some change. So, you know, he's trying to get my attention. Of course, I'm not paying attention. I'm like, nah, I ain't got change. He's like, nah, I know most people don't carry change. I want to know if you're going there and give me a hamburger. He asked me to go in there and get him uh, a, a hamburger and a drink. I tell him, nah, man, I, I can't do it. He, he then says, and usually when you say no, that's it, right? They move on to the next person. He then says, why not? Like, because I can't. Now, I didn't know I had to explain this, right? And uh, and now at this point in my mind, I'm really thinking, bro, you didn't even offer, the, offer a way to earn it. You didn't say, because I'm really believing a man being able to work. So I'm like, you didn't even offer, yo, can I help you? You know, maybe put up your mag liner or is there something you need me to do because I'm really hungry. I want you to get me this food. Now, to his credit, most people only want cash. They don't want you to actually buy them some food. So he just wanted food. And he was hungry. And, you know, the Christian thing to do was buy him food. But at this point, I'm I'm not even thinking about his needs. I'm thinking about, man, I got to get this store and got to get here on this time. It's the delivery and I'm on a schedule. I'm on a schedule and, and it's a hundred degrees outside and I'm, I'm hot. So anyway, I'm hot. The, the guy says, why not? I say, nah, I can't do it. He's asked me why not. I just come out and say, cause I won't do it. I might've been wrong for being blunt like that. I might've been wrong. Okay. So we're not even discussing that. I probably shouldn't have been like, nah, I just won't do it. But at that point, cause I felt like my man pride was like, yo, I think he chessing up to you, Desmond. There's, I think he ch- this is me talking to myself. I think he chessing up to you. 
I think he pressing you about why you don't do it. Why you don't do what he tell you to do. Won't you tell him why you don't do what he tell you to do? So he's going on this whole rant now on about how, cause he was a black man. He was a black man. I am a black man as well. And he was like, man, it's sad. Your own people won't help you. Your own people won't do for you. You know, you'll probably tell Jesus no if you've seen him. And now he's just giving me all of this stuff about how we're being sell, how I'm being selfish. And in my mind, it's like, okay, but you're asking for something. You can't have your hand in your chest out. But he's also making a reasonable request to say, could you buy me some food? I don't know his situation. Maybe it's tough for him to get access to certain stuff. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know where he works at. He didn't. He looked fairly young, maybe like mid thirties. He looked like he was still an able-bodied man. But who knows? There was times I was unemployed, and I remember, you know, going to the labor yard, and the labor yard didn't have work. You didn't get paid. You don't eat. I do remember that. So on one end, he's right. He was right, and this really stuck with me. That's why it stuck with me because I can't see it from his point of view. But also, from my point of view, was who gave it to me? Nobody's handed nothing to me either. So here's what made me kind of feel like after he went, and I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't argue back with him. Not because I felt he was right or I was wrong or whatever. I just didn't want to be unprofessional on my job because I'm still delivering to a store. This is still a customer. And the way that I conduct myself is reflective of my job. So I'm keeping that in mind and not really engaging. But in reality, I won't turn around and say, yo, you on your soapbox. Because there came times I lived in this same neighborhood. Here's the thing y'all don't get. For years, I lived in that same neighborhood in your same predicament. So on one end, I do empathize with you. And maybe if you would have talked to me better, I would have did it. But on the other end, I don't like to use my card with these independent stores. You know, had he been outside of like, I don't know, a Dollar General or more corporate store than yeah, but I don't like really using my card with these independents. And I would have told him that. And I would have been like, look, there was a Dollar General right across the street I was going to go to. But say, hey, look, just meet me over there and I'll, and, and, you know I mean? and I'll get you more than just something to eat for this moment. But at that point, pride was going up and he's, you know, he's telling me off. His was crazy. I go back in the store and I tell him, hey, man, this is a dude out there pressing me about some. Buy some food. He want a hamburger. The store owner, who was, I guess he was an Arabic guy, he says, yeah, really? Now, I'm thinking he's finna be angry about this. Like, man, hold up. You, you're harassing people. You're doing all of this. The guy goes out there and get him and tells him, hey, get you something to eat and something to drink. I'm like, okay, well, good, good for him. Good Samaritan. Glad that happened for him. I go home to tell my girlfriend. I'm like, man, babe, you won't believe what happened today. She's like, what happened? I told her, well, I was talking to this. This guy was talking to me about getting him something to eat, and I refused to do it. He asked me why. I pretty much told him because I don't feel like it. And she was like, why didn't you get him something to eat? And I'm, now I'm sitting back like, was I wrong? Was I completely in the wrong? Because it was hot, too. That played a part into me having an attitude. It was hot, and I don't like using my car with, like, those independent stores and whatnot. Because here's the thing. Even, like, if I need water, I won't buy water out that store with my car. I go, like I said, I go to a, a commercial chain or wait, because I deliver to corner stores. I deliver everything to corner stores. 
So I wait till I get to a grocery store. I keep an ice chest with me. I just don't use my card with them because when you go back there, you know the computer systems that uh, keep all of your data? They don't have that locked away. They got that back there like about a soda. <laughs> when you go to Winn-Dixie, they have it locked away in the manager's office in some cabinet with a key. It's not easily accessible. So I kind of I peep stuff like that, and I'm I'm noticeable about stuff like that. So I do kind of run into the guy, and he hasn't asked for anything since. But I was wondering, you no, know, is that? Do you think that I was wrong? Not even if I or him was wrong, but that maybe I should have expressed why I didn't want to do it instead of just saying I'm not going to do it. And now I'm also be honest with you. If the situation ever does come up again, I think I'm going to handle it a little different. But you also got to keep this caveat in mind. As much as everybody seems to think, as much as it seems like everybody else was a better Samaritan than I was, you got to understand, because I deliver beer in this impoverished area, I'm constantly asked for favors. There's any beer on the left? You got any beer left on the truck? Or you ain't got nothing you don't have to bring back or you don't got no change. Come on, man. That's a good job. You ain't got no change. So I'm constantly being asked for stuff. You know, it's, it's stuff like that. So I want to ask you, what do you, do you do that? When somebody asks you, what is it that a homeless person can ask you for indefinitely and you'll give it to them? Most of us don't agree. Do you give cash away? Are you the type to always tip the guy with the sign that says, uh, homeless veterans in need for help. When when do you where's your line of compassion? Where do you draw your line of compassion? When do you say, all right, I'm gonna help this person or I'm gonna just worry about myself? Because I didn't feel I was being selfish, but looking back on it, I wish I would have handled it different now. But at the same time, he should have handled it different too, because like I said, you can't have your hand in your chest out. If I told you no, that just meant no. And you didn't offer to help me any. When I was in his position, I never looked for a handout. But you can't expect you out of other people. But that was just my mentality. If it was me and it was me on the other end, I would have been like, well, what can I do to, uh, I remember that being a Pepsi guy years ago. Back, This was up the street from where I was delivering men. This is before when I had no job, I was unemployed. And I remember running to the Pepsi guy and I was like, man, how do I get on at your company? How do I do this? He, he was telling me everywhere. I was like, yo, you need some help. I'm holding the door for him. People do that on the regular. So next time, if I get a chance to, I'm going to make sure that, you know, I, I do, do the right thing and help. But at the same time, if dude, you ever see this, the way you came at me was crazy too. It was crazy. And like I said, I'm in the hood, so I'm kind of careful on how I talk to people because it can go south real quick. I don't live in Jacksonville, Florida. Trust me, it goes south real quick around here. So that was just something I want to share with you. Where do you draw the line? What is it? What's the one thing that just tugs at your heartstring? Is it kids? Uh, because if you were the type of person to walk up to me and say, yo, let me clean the rims on your car for $5, I'll just give you the $5 and drive off. It's the fact you was willing to work for it. But is that fair? Can I tell you when you should do and what you should be doing? I don't know. So you tell me, what do you, how do you feel about that? How do, how do you think we should handle the homeless situation? I assume he was homeless. He was at least foodless.
I can say that much. He was foodless. I don't know if he was homeless, but he was foodless, and it looked like he didn't have a home to go to. So that was my segment about the homeless man pressing me. But let's get into another in the. This was a great segue I could have had. I could have had a good segue. Let's talk about somebody else helping the homeless. Jada Pinkett apparently was having an affair with August Alcino. Now, apparently, this has been going on for a little minute, a hot little second. Jada Pinkett decided that she wanted, uh, uh, she had a thing with, with August Alcino. He putting out a song talking about it. Nobody paid attention. So now he just spilling the whole tea like he letting it all go. And first thing I remember coming up with was, you know, because Jada don't got pics. Jada was apparently dealing with some young boy on a show she had called Hawthorne. I think it was Hawthorne. So the thing about Jada is she getting caught every five seconds. She's not even discreet. Like, we don't even know who Will dealing with. But whoever Will's dealing with, he's keeping her out the pan shot when he has his little drone in the air. He's keeping her out the shot. She ain't nowhere around. Or maybe it's a he. I don't know. I'm, I'm not around Will. I don't know what Will does. But we know how Jada giving it up. And uh, and I was thinking to myself, is because the Hawthorne boy worked with her on the show because the show was about her being a doctor or something. I believe it's like an ER kind of thing. Let me tell you. I didn't watch it. But I know it was like some young blonde white kid. You know, some young guy, handsome. Not hung. Young, handsome, white kid. I don't know his situation, bro. But, uh, so she ain't had pics, allegedly, allegedly. I don't have no way of proving this. I don't know none of these people. But I wanted to ask, is she me-tooing August Alcina? Because this seems to be a trend of people who are under her and her dealing with them. Because that's what they did with Russell, right? Russell is getting drilled right now for having sexual relations with women with his subordinates. So when a man deals with a subordinate, it seems like it gets dealt with in a way of uh in a way of he's being predatorial. But it doesn't feel like that with Jada because we just kind of looking at it like, man, August is a groupie. Uh August is too emotional. But let's be real, August has been a vulnerable. He's been vulnerable. He's a very vulnerable individual. He's emotionally he, he he's emotionally scarred and he has clearly family issues mama issues and you're talking about he's like a son to you you know he likes to be nurtured so what i kind of was thinking is happening what, what i kind of think happened is hit record starts slowing up right things aren't really you know it's not clicking like it used to be them bills is coming a little quicker than they were before you know that that may be that at three thousand dollar high rise in uh in Atlanta or wherever you live at, it, it getting a little more expensive day by day. Show money slowing up and oh lo and behold, look who comes, sugar mama to the rescue. She loves your vulnerability. She loves how how you open up to her, how she's in charge. Cause she's talking about for a few times. She talked about how like Will is egotistical and. You know, he makes it about him. You know, Will, in a sense, is more of an alpha male in that sense. I, I mean, most people don't consider, you know, the laughable family dad to be alpha, but 
he's a powerful man in retro in reality he's a very powerful man so maybe she likes to have you know a subordinate man a man where, where she can be in charge where she can take lead and i think that's exactly what august was i think he's an emotionally vulnerable kid uh he's younger than me and i'm way younger than jada i believe he looked up to her i believe and he needed her not only just emotionally i think he financially needed her i think he felt like she pulled the she pulled the rug from off under him he probably kept asking and getting and getting and getting and getting and then when you cut your little boy toy off he's I mean, he. This is the other side. This is the other side of the spectrum. Cause now you got more and more successful women, and they're getting a chance. I see girls on the internet talking about, oh no, that's her big three. You know how in basketball you got like a big three, like how you had Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, and LeBron James. She pretty much saying that you know Jada Pinkett just got a lineup of guys that she kind of subs in and out of her life. And if you want that young, vulnerable, that vulnerable young boy. You go. He comes with this kind of price, man. It comes with this kind of price, and the fact that he's a hundred percent. It looks like to me he's getting a hundred percent of the slack. He does deserve some of it because there's some real groupy stuff. But I believe it was to a point where he needed somebody to look out. He needed somebody to show love. He needed somebody to come through, and she was like, "Nah, this thing is over." I'm good on you. And when she fell back, I think that put him in a tight position. That, I mean, because it looked like, because last time I seen him, I was like, man, is he bodybuilding? Is it me or is he bodybuilding? She made this man put on weight. <laughs> He's talking about, man, popping pills. He's talking about his life just swirling down the drain. And it looked like she didn't. She was like, well, you know, it's going to be okay. It's all going to be fine. I believe that uh, he looks to her for that emotional stability, that physical stability, and I believe that women like her have been hurt by guys like him, and she's, I believe that she's always had a fantasy of controlling guys like that. Like, because August Alcina, personality-wise, I'm going to get killed in the comments section, isn't too off from Tupac. Him and Pac isn't too far off from each other. As far as just that emotional vulnerability, that, you know, that quiet storm, that that uh that silent aggression. Although Pac had a lot more loud and flamboyant, that came from him being around people who was really of that ilk, really of that cloth, really from that space, really, you know, from about that life, as they would say. You know, he was hanging out with Mob Piru, so of course he's gonna kinda embody his different. His Jada Pinkett was Suge Knight. Suge Knight is Damn, Jada is the Suge Knight that August I've seen as Tupac. All right, that's a reach. That's a reach. I'm going to fall back. That's a reach. Because, like I said, I, I just freestyle this stuff. I talk about it to y'all. And, you know, y'all comments is just as important as mine. I couldn't tell you. But it does feel like you start to manipulate a young person and you can mold them into what you want them to be. It's easier for him, for her to control them now. Because I promise you, I, the bag just can't be there. I am just can't imagine. It ain't 2014 no more. It's been six years. It ain't 2014 anymore. I don't know what hit record he, he can possibly live off of. No Love featuring Nicki Minaj was a big joint. 
that was a big record, but and I like Song Cry too. That was a, a song called Song Cry. It was a really good song. I enjoyed it. But if he need the money, he need the look, he need the stability, he need the emotional stability. And and she provided that for him. So that's my opinion. That's my opinion. August, August is being taken, got taken advantage of. But you gotta also understand, brother, you play with a man's wife. Regardless, you say you got permission or not. You didn't get permission to blow up their spot. You didn't get permission to do what you're doing. And if you think it's hard for you to breathe right now, if you think it's tough for you to get through right now, Will, I don't think Will playing about it. I think Will is fine with, I think he's fine with whatever happens is happening, but now you're attacking the mother of my children. Y'all had a thing, whatever. He probably, he got a personal trainer that he's been running around with for the last year or two. They probably got something going on. I don't know. Uh, matter of fact, I'm not even going to speculate what the marriage is about. What the marriage, just pull them back. That's the mother of my child. When you do something, you got to do it with a sense of class and a sense of understanding. If you're saying that you need to clear the air and because and, it's bringing hardship and it's messing with your well-being, well, you really finna be messing with your well-being now. Because whatever move, you, whatever resource you thought you could have had, you blew that up. You blew that right out the water, man. And and it, it just might be tough altogether. Might just be tougher for you all together. I think it's gonna be a big storm coming for you, brother. But you know, right now you got the upper hand. You like the player. You like the pimp. You the young boy that came in and blew up back out. You cool. You fly. You all of that. Everything come at a cost, brother. Everything come at a cost. So that's just word to the wise for August Alcina. And on the words of uh, in the words of Michael Jackson, don't go breaking young girls' hearts. Or older married women. But let's talk about the boy. Your boy, 50 Cent. 50 in the picture, man. 50 a wild boy. 50 say what 50 want to say. He do what he want to do. But sometimes if you keep talking, you'll show your true color. If you keep talking, you'll eventually talk yourself into a corner. And that's what he did. So he's talking to Weezy. I watched some of it, you know. Uh, he's not. He's talking to Weezy. He's interviewing Weezy on Weezy show. If he gets going and he gets a topic he likes to talk about, he'll keep going. But anyway, uh, Wayne. I don't know. Let me start it from the beginning. Wayne has a radio show now. Little Wayne. That's right. Tucci. Tucci got a a, a radio show, and man, it's it, it's it's cool. It's cool. His interview skills sound more like a PC, a politically correct phone call to one some of his celebrity friends. But it is fun to watch, you know, like people being of Wayne as much as I am, because I love Wayne. I think he's one of the best rappers to ever do it. I'll argue with you to this day. He changed the format of how music is delivered, and this whole mixtape wave, this whole oh I'm gonna just drop twenty albums in a year. That was unheard of before. And when in, in the world of home studios and sound clouds, it just it set the format. I don't think we I don't think SoundCloud would be what it is today. 
I don't believe it would be able to function like it would because we wouldn't upload the same way we do now. No one would think, well, let me just make 100 songs. That would seem like career suicide. But he shows you, no, you can build a career. Then Future shows you, no, it works that way. So when you get two of the best, well, I don't think Future's one of the best, but when you get two successful acts that do something, it does set the impression that, you know, quantity can also suppress, can also surpass quality. Because if you keep doing it, because that that's my thing. If you keep doing it, you're going to eventually run into quality. That's just the thing. If you keep doing anything long enough, you're going to get good at it. Although practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. But if you just, like I said, if you keep working, you're going to eventually. Like, how many songs Young Thug put out? Yeah, at least got to have hundreds of songs. He got two, three that I love. Two, three songs. I'm like, nah, this is a really good song. He got a song called Digits. That's my record. That's one of my favorite songs. Matter of fact, he got a version with Mink on it. I don't, Mink, one of my favorite rappers. I don't even listen to that version. I like the one with just him on it. So uh, he, I just say that say, you know, I went off on a tangent about Wayne. So anyway, he has a radio show. And he calls celebrities. He done talked to Dr. Dre. He done talked to Eminem. It's only right. He talked to 50 Cent, right? That's the trio. That's the, that's the triangle offense. Wayne, I would like to see him interview Joe Button. That's I'm here for that. I'm here for that interview. I would pay for that interview. That I I I wonder what it's on. Cause if it's on serious with Kevin Hart's plastic cup boys, I might be in. You might have me sold. I might be in. I might. Uh I don't but no, his is on Apple Music. And I think Kevin Hart's on serious. But they both was on the same service. I get that service, man. Anyway, so 50 Cent's talking to Wayne. You know, go ahead and hurry up through this. 50 Cent's talking to Wayne. And one of the things he says to Wayne was, man, I like how when cash money existed in a certain space in, in the 90s and the 2000s, it had its run. And when it went away, it came back with young money. You don't see that often. He talked about how when No Limit had they run, it was good, then it was over. G-Unit had they run, it was good, and it was over. And he was just talking about being impressed with somebody rebranding and rebranding something back, right? And then he shows his hand by turning around, and as he's been doing, as he seemed to have been doing for a few months now, which is clearly trying to antagonize Mink Mills, and by saying, you can't be for prison reform, but be signed to a correctional officer. One... I don't see how you come to that conclusion. If he's not brutalizing inmates and he's not using his power aggressively, it's like we still need correctional officers. We still need prisons. We're just seeing that we have to reform the way that these things are being uh, addressed and how we're, you know, how we're arresting and what we're arresting people for. That's what the prison reform, and this is something that both sides of the aisle agree on. Republican passed Republicans passed the uh the prison reform bill. So this ain't just the this is a bipartisan problem. Everybody sees, okay, we we going too hard on drug usage. And we're clearly targeting a, a group of people. We're clearly stopping them and we're making their area to live in tougher. And we're seeing a blowback of that. Let's let's it's like I said last week. Let's deal with this problem. Let's look at it subjectively. You know, at Really as a group, because we can't solve it unless we look at it as a group. But back to what 50 said. 50 says you can't do that while hanging out with a correction officer. And 
that would be smart if he was anti-prison altogether. But Mink is just saying we have to reform how we're dealing with these prisons. And and to me, that's showing with 50. Now, 50 is very intelligent. 50 is very smart. But at the same time, you're very much aware. You're very much aware of the fact that Mink is the Wayne to Ross's hot boys. Right, he's well. He's the young money to Ross's cash money. Cause when you thought MMG ten years ago, two thousand ten, you said MMG. You thought down south, gangster rapper, drug lord. Down south, you know, gangster rapper, drug lord, with records like you know, with DJ Khaled or Every Day I'm Hustling or All I Do Is Win. Records with like T Pain. You really thought some down south Florida stuff. And for now, 2020, 10 years later, when you think Maybach music, you think East Coast MCs. You think Wale, and you think Ming Mills. I would honestly say if we went from a level of relevancy, we would have to say it goes Ming, Wale, then Ross. That's my opinion. That's my opinion, because Wale just had a hit record. He got a record on the radio right now. Although I know radio don't really matter, but he does have one. He does have one. One time for Jeremiah. Well, Jer, we're going to do a segment about how Jeremiah is a cheat code. Jeremiah is a certified cheat code, and he must not be charging too much because he done gave MMG all of their damn hit records, radio records for the last few whenever. What you got that way, he did that way. Dangerous by Mink Mills. Uh... Let's chill. Come on, they, they did more than that though. I just can't think of all that right now. Amen. He was on Amen featuring Drake. Meek Mills featuring Drake. Um, he was he done a lot. We got to talk about that. We got to eventually get into how that brother is a whole cheat code out here. But once again, like I was saying, Fifth was. I'm just getting off topic with this fifty guy, huh? Fifth showed his hand. Fifth showed his hand and. And it's crazy to me because we're sitting here watching him clown Ja Rule. Ja Rule and Herb got to sit here saying, he's a snitch. I can prove he's a snitch. I got paperwork to prove it. And everybody's like, okay, so what? The music's good. And now you got 50 saying, he's a correctional officer. He's a correctional officer. I got pictures to prove it. And everybody's like, so what? He makes good music. You, They are two sides of the same coin. You can see that people from that neighborhood clearly – you know, they have different ilk than most. And they expect that the whole world is going to move the way they move. Uh, newsflash, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to stop listening to good music just because it's good music. You got people who's against, you know, pedophilia with a play R. Kelly with a, in a heartbeat. You got people who made drug laws. Who was that, man? I'm trying to think of it. It was some, somebody who was pro some crazy drug law for heroin, right? Like, if you got caught dealing or using heroin, you got crazy amount of time. And I believe he said one of his favorite songs was Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye was a heroin addict, you know? I think Jimi Hendrix was. Jimmy was, I forget what Jimmy was on. But, you know, it's funny how we can separate the artist and the art. And how he, he, he doesn't have that. He doesn't have an artist that carried G-Unit to the, through the threshold. It was just him. 
And uh, and the thing that's so interesting, and also I believe he's kind of hard. I believe he's too hard on his crew. He's too hard on G Unit. The reason I believe he's too hard on them is because he keeps saying, "Oh well, I sold twenty million records. You sold two. You didn't even do two percent of what I did." And and this is him talking to like Banks and Young Buck and and Tony Yayo. And I'm thinking, well, what if Eminem said that to you? Because Eminem has sold hundred million. Eminem has sold over a hundred million. I'm sure Fifty hasn't sold ten percent what Eminem has sold. And is it nowhere near as relevant to him? And he had a head start, was way more popular at one point in time, and you still managed to lose your relevance. And M never comes out and says that to him. That's the thing that's crazy. So, you know, I do believe he's, he's he contradicts himself often because he can always fall into that same category, right? Every contradiction he makes, he falls into. You can't have been on paperwork for being a federal informant, but then turn around and critique a young man for signing to an artist who was a correction officer when this is 96. Mink was what, 10? Mink was nine in 96. How's this man going to? So that, that, that lets you know. That, that lets you know that, you know, he does contradict himself very often. He's an intelligent guy. I like him talk, but sometimes, you know, he just talks. He just talks in circles. And that just is what it is, man. But, um... Once again, another week in a hole, another one in, uh, we're getting them in the basket, man. I believe, what is this, 20? Is it episode 20? I'm going to start numbering my episodes because I think that's a lot of part of the motivation. It's being able to number. So I'm going to put this down as 20. I don't know what, I believe I'm at 20. 20 is pretty good, man. 20 is pretty good. That's pretty consistent. Consistency is the key. So anyway, uh, we'll be back here next Monday, every Monday. It's your boy Dapper Don Dead. Yeah.